everyone, and welcome to our podcast today. I'm Edie Tolbert. And I'm Jennifer Edwards. And we are Business Besties. Thanks for joining us today. We have a special guest in the house. Our friend Kim Spence is joining us today. Kim, tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got started. Tell us the story. Bring us forward to what you're doing now. Okay. Um, well, I was born. <laughs> Maybe not that far back. Years this is a 30 minute ago. <laughs> No, I, so, you know, how I kind of got started in, in where I believe God really said, you know, okay, I'm opening this up to you so you understand the place I've put you in in mm-hmm. the world was when I was standing on a stage at um, ORU. Actually, it was the Maybe Center in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And um, there was a concert. Of, I was part of a big radio program at the time, and uh, we were doing a, a concert of praise. This is before, like, Hillsong was doing things <laughs> like that, you know. We were, we were doing this concert, and I had been asked to um, open and to sing a couple of songs. And so as I got ready to talk about, you know, because people knew who I was. And I don't say that like, you know, because I was so famous. No, I mean, it's just, but these were listeners that came, that listened to the radio station. So they came to the concert and I'm, it's like this instant rewind happened. You know, it wasn't a, a near death experience, obviously. It was just one of those where, I had all these kind of instantaneous flashbacks of how I got here and the miracle that it was that I was standing there because, so I, when I was born, I was born with a cleft palate, which is an opening in the roof of the mouth. Sometimes it can come through the lip and, you know, make a, uh, where it's very obvious that you've had it, but anybody born with a cleft palate generally has speech impediments, mm-hmm. a lot of hearing problems, um, and of course, it's a longer story than what I can tell, you know, in our podcast today. But the, but the miracle of it was one surgery um, with wow. a plastic surgeon in Arkansas at nine months old. My mom had already, uh, before I was born, had decided she was going into speech pathology and audiology um, at the University of Arkansas. Yeah, and then there were things that I was doing to lull myself to sleep in my crib at night that were things, techniques that she had been learning to strengthen the soft palate, which is in the back of your throat. So it's like, ah, things like that. I was doing that to lull myself to sleep. And that was a technique they were being taught to have children who were coming through uh, cleft palate, you know, speech pathology to help strengthen because you don't have a bone in the roof of your mouth if you have a cleft palate. So your speech is you have to learn how to use it differently because then it's connected to your sinuses. Anyway, all this other stuff. Um, and then I, so as, you know, growing up, my, I don't even really remember knowing about having that, you know, what that Mm -hmm. meant. 
other than I had ear infections all the time. I mean, I had multiple surgeries for tubes because they'd fall out, have to get them put back in. Um, and that was due related to the cleft palate. But we uh, moved to Oklahoma in the late 70s. And I <laughs> go was, 70s. <laughs> yeah. That's my era. <laughs> and we had, begin to say, How, wait, where does that put me? Okay, yeah, I know, really. Mm-hmm. And I was just a wee little girl at the time. But no, I was, I mean, it was, we were in a church service one Sunday night. And we hadn't really been going to church up until this time until we moved to Oklahoma. My mom and dad were raised in church. But up until that point, really not you know, living for the Lord, not doing, just living life, you know. Um, And so sitting in this service and the minister, it was a Sunday night church service. And um, the minister said, there's somebody here who has had ear infections all your life and, and God's going to heal you tonight. Well, I okay, well, that's me. It didn't matter that I was 12 years old. It just mattered that I knew that that's, that I had had ear infections most of my life. There were about 10 people that went up and, you know, everybody was older than I was. All were adults except for me. And, you know, I kind of started having that little feeling of, well, maybe I'm not doing this right because I didn't even know, you know, again, the faith of a child, you know, how just that thought, but, um, and he was going down the line and praying and asked me my situation and whatever I said to him. He said, you're the one that God spoke to me about. And my ears were healed that night. Never had another. Um, I couldn't even take a shower without um, putting earplugs in because oh, I would wow. get an ear infection. Never had another. Wow. Not that I've never had an ear infection, right. but nothing related like to right. what that was. Yeah. And um, yeah. And so as I'm thinking back, standing on the stage there again, and then I ended up hosting a live radio talk show that was Monday through Friday um, from 12 noon to 1 every day where I was the interviewer. Um, You know, I was in charge of getting the guests like what you guys have to do for podcasts, you know, where you have to book guests and interview them and run the board and I did all of that for almost 20 years. So, um, in the middle of that is when all of this kind of struck me of, wow, this is a miracle that I'm even in this position. And then God orchestrated that, the interviews and doing all of that all through those years, um, just really to bring me into a love of hearing other people's stories. You know, I had written years prior to that, but it really created just this um, love to hear what I would say we would might call an ordinary person tell their usually extraordinary story. So that's, that's how awesome. it began. <laughs> so, so tell us, tell our listeners what it is that you, you do exactly. So now I, um, I really is the way the best way I can put it is to help unlock people's stories that are in their heart, whether it's a personal story, but I do a lot of uh, first time authors that seem to be kind of telling their story about their business. 
um, or how they got into the field that they're in. It um, it's kind of morphed into that, and um, that's really where it it is now. I do um, podcast similar to what you guys are doing. And what's the name of your podcast? Um, it's yourstorypeaks.com. Which is the name of your company. Yes. Yes. Um, that's, yes, that's the name of the company. And of course, .com is not the name of the podcast, but it's your story speaks podcast. But, um, and then I help businesses do podcasts. That was kind of the other ideas because I realized a lot of companies don't understand how, amazing their story is and the value of needing to tell their story um so that's really what i've grown into doing what do you think i'm gonna really tap into your weeds what do you (laughs) i like how you hit that tap into your weeds tell us does one particular story um that was really extraordinary Mm -hmm. what would be one story that you have helped with so there's a um, guy that um, is a young, like, well, I say young because, you know, early 30s is very young Younger to me us. now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wee babe. <laughs> but um, he's a young black male that called me one time and he said, I've been told that you can help me write my story. And I said, well, tell me about yourself. And his name is Randy and he um, is a kickboxer. And he's done um, this, I mean, it all started because he was bullied as a kid when he was mm-hmm. not living in Oklahoma, but up north and just some things that happened in his life. And, you know, he began to tell this story and I said, oh, wow, that's amazing. And he's a five-time world champion at 32. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. And um, I said, yeah, I think I can help you tell this story. Well, um, I like to do things like that, and I'm sure it goes back to my radio days, but I love to record people telling their story mm-hmm. because, as you guys know, with the podcast, there's just something different about when people talk about it yes. versus just trying to get it written. Mm-hmm. And so he, we did several interviews and, you know, put this book together for him. And the thing about ghostwriting is you are hidden behind the author. Mm-hmm. So your name is not on the book. It's, it's the person's name and it does, it's not cheating. You know, it's not, it's just because some people either don't have the time or right. whatever it is, you know, it's, it's just how many, many books get written. It's just a form of helping, but, um, since his book has come out, I mean, he has won awards with this book. He has gone, he's traveled around the world. That's yeah, so it, cool. I, you know, I never really thought about where something like that would end up. And yeah, it makes me very proud. Okay, so let's a rewind a little bit. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. you took his information and you were the ghostwriter. Yes. Yes. So you are actually the author of this person, not the author, the writer. you are the writer, writer of this book yes. with his name on it and obviously all of his input. Yes, yes. So our, our listeners have an opportunity if they have that story that they want to tell the legacy of their business. Right. Because I think you and I, you and I met a long time ago, mm-hmm. but we talked then about um, writing the story of 
people's the history of companies yes like yes. the family yes family legacy companies yes. where that have you know gone on for years and that type of thing right i that's i love that i love to hear i mean it's it's i'm sure it's something that the people who own a company get tired of telling at a certain point which is why nobody tells it anymore but you know when we hear things about even like locally in Oklahoma when you when you really get into finding out how a company got started Mm -hmm. you know like Bama Pie for example that's you know an Oklahoma company but how or Kentucky Fried Chicken or you know things like that when you hear the stories Mm -hmm. of because it's always this overcoming usually type of story yes um and Every, just like I know we can all relate in starting our own companies and the hurdles that we've had to mm-hmm. jump over mm-hmm. and then at times flattened us. And then, but you know, when you keep going and you get back up and your story is there for somebody else, mm-hmm. it's really not just about writing it because it's this great thing that happened, but imagine the influence you could have over somebody else and the encouragement to for somebody else to have mm-hmm. a business or start something that a dream that they've had mm-hmm. so well yeah. and i also want to i also want to in, in interject i was gonna say interrupt no um <laughs> or that or that <laughs> even small towns the history of yes, small towns yes. we were talking about that before we got we hit record but there are even small towns, the history of the small town. Who who are the people that built that small town and how did they get to where they're at now? Yeah. Just having that history. Yeah. I think that's, you know, if there's any small towns out there, any small, com- you know, committees, chambers, mm-hmm. whatever. Yeah. That would historical like. Historical society. Historical society mm-hmm. that would like to have that. I mean, I know people that buy those books just to have them on the bookshelf, you know, Absolutely. or on the on the coffee table yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Um, so that would be something that you would be interested in doing oh, for sure. them. That's the kind yeah. of history yeah. that is so cool. Like the Route 66 idea, you yeah. know. Mm-hmm. I mean, we follow those yes. stories mm-hmm. that because of, of just, it's kind of that richness of knowing, mm-hmm. you know, somebody went before us. I mean, that that's... Yeah. If these well, and if there talk. are any any Yellowstone people out there, or what is it, eighteen eighty two or three, the that, the <laughs> series right before Yellowstone, oh, that right. that was the whole series that set the motion. Okay, the for the, yeah, for Yellowstone, yeah. and so. You know, everybody's going to run out and want to be a cowboy and get cowboy boots and have a horse, <laughs> you know, just like urban cowboy back in the day. But mm-hmm. um, but those are the things, I mean, that kind of history, there are a lot of people out there that love that kind of history yes. and to have something there to tell the story, yeah. um, I think is really, really cool. And don't be intimidated to think, well, I don't know about publishing mm-hmm. or anything like that. I mean, you know, you there are so many avenues to publishing right. now that... It does not need to cost you an arm and a leg, you know, yes. to publish books yes. at this point. Yeah. So Well, and if I could loop back around to something that she said, I think a lot, especially if something that we've been through or maybe the history of our family has been through is painful, mm-hmm. I think people, and if somebody here knows what Bible verse it is, that would be amazing because I don't. But I feel like there there's a Bible verse that talks about nothing that we go through is wasted. Right. There is no waste in any of the experiences yeah. that we go through. God, doesn't God will waste, use. Waste he doesn't waste anything. Mm-hmm. 
and you help people take what they may feel was so hard and and turn it into what is it, so it doesn't get wasted right. and that's so important because it's biblical like yeah. god uses every situation we just have to let someone uh, pull it all together yeah yeah. yeah. Well, and yeah. what does it say? He'll he'll take your test and turn it into a testimony. Mm-hmm. And I think that that lends itself to some of those books that even if it just touches one person, it's yeah. going to be worthwhile yeah. getting it out there. Well, you know, there's a woman that um, she, her family, it was a very in Enid area, well-known oil family and, and kind of some of the generations started kind of dying out and she wanted to have a book written Mm -hmm. to kind of note some of her experiences with her mom and grandmother who she was estranged from honestly for a while and um and so it was it was kind of that okay how are we going to put this together where but now she wanted to make kind of like I want to make this right I want to have almost like I want to have this be a healing part Mm -hmm. of the book Mm -hmm. um and but it was really mainly for her family. I mean, mm-hmm. it wasn't going to go out to, you know, be an award-winning type of book. Sure. I mean, and so that's the other part of that. I always say, too, for your legacy, your family legacy, um, you know, a book is not need to be thought of as I'm going to be, you know, the next New York Times bestseller because that rarely happens. Right. I mean, and, I'm still waiting. <laughs> <laughs> who knows though who knows but i but i just i know that some people get so caught up in that thought of if i don't have something grandiose or you know a huge i don't have a 10,000 or 50,000 people on my social network that's not what you're writing for right right you know right. so i think that's so true yeah so tell us tell us a little bit about if somebody were has a story in the back of their mind. I mean, I've had a, a guy approach me and say, you know, um, I have a story, but I just don't think it's worthy. Mm. So what what would you say to somebody if they came to you mm-hmm. and said, I think I have a story, but so how does how does that get the ball rolling? Usually it's somebody that has been told that you should write a book yeah. about that. You oh, know, How many and- times did somebody tell me that? A lot. A lot. Especially your business bestie. (laughs) Somebody sitting at this table. Yes. (laughs) And and what it took for you to Mm -hmm. do that, Mm -hmm. to finally take that step and go, okay, I'm going Mm -hmm. to actually write this book. And that's really, it just takes that kind of that next little leap Mm -hmm. of doing it afraid, you Mm -hmm. know, as, as, Mm -hmm. you know, Joyce Meyer, because it's not that you're thinking, Okay, well, I have to wait till I feel or wait till whatever the fill in the blank. Mm-hmm. I have to wait mm-hmm. until whatever yeah. that reason yeah. is because otherwise it can just be gone. And so is there is there like a do they just contact you for like a consultation? Do sure. they just run the the idea by you? Yeah. Okay. I I de- I mean that's no charge at all just okay. to talk and see what you want to write about yeah. and if it's something that you think needs to be a book or does it need to be a memoir or does it need to be a, you know, I mean, there are different versions too of telling your story. Yeah. It could be something you record and that you just have in that kind of legacy idea. So it doesn't have to be an official, you know, here's my book, you know, type of thing. So 
What about what about those people that are bloggers out there? Are there people that take their blog and you, you help turn it into a book or do you work with bloggers on any level? What what about that? You know, I that's very common. I know for people mm-hmm. to have done, I would say if you're a blogger, do it. <laughs> I mean, for sure yeah. because you've got material right there, but I I mean, if that's on your heart to yes. get a book done, but I, um, I personally have not done like the Something blogging, like yeah, taking okay. and turning it into that. But I know that that that's absolutely um, an option Something. for you to okay. do. Yeah. You know what I love about this is that there are people I know because we've all run into them who probably have thought over and over and over again, man, I'd love to write this book. And I'm, I'm actually one of those people. There was a story about, um, the blue whale in 66. And I had a lot of knowledge about that because I volunteered with the nonprofit. We actually, my husband and I actually founded the nonprofit and I knew a lot and I really wanted to write that book, but there was no way. I mean, there was not going to be time at all for me to do that. And I love the thought of, the fact that the organiz- the nonprofit organization can still get that information out there. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be the writer. I wouldn't even be probably a contributor. But that Kim could mm-hmm. take the information and make it happen. And it's an important book. Mm-hmm. And it can get out there. Mm-hmm. And so I love the thought that if there's somebody out there who's thought a thousand times, gosh, we really need to get... Uncle Joe interviewed and get that information before he passes and Mm -hmm. he's the only one who knows this Mm -hmm. or he tells the story the best or whatever. I just love the fact that if they, you know, as a family, they pool their money together or as a company, they make the decision to do it, that there's someone that that they can call today Mm -hmm. and here in the new year and make this a new year's resolution or a new year's goal to say, I'm going to do it in 2023. I'm going to make this happen. I'm going to call Kim and she's going to ghostwrite this thing for us. And by the end of the year, or probably in six months, we're going to have this thing that we've been talking about for 14 years. (laughs) So since you mentioned that, what is a normal time frame from the time that they meet with you and pitch the idea? What do you think? Of course, I'm sure, I'm sure it depends on where they're at, how much yeah, information. Sure. It so, depends on the project, okay, really. Okay. I mean, and, and it can be what's the anywhere. Minimum, I, what's yeah. the most minimum you've ever done and the maximum that you can think the of? The minimum was someone who had most of theirs already written, and I was mainly revising, mm-hmm. is like three months. Okay. The maximum is a year, okay. um, and that was a pretty intensive book. I mean, and that's because... When you're, part of that includes editing and includes editing, like, that I'm not going to, you know, finalize. I mean, because although I write it, there there's another, you know, there are different versions you have to go through. Uh, I don't know if version's the right word, but steps to go through to make sure that then it's ready to go mm-hmm. into publishing. But um, absolutely, the legacy thing, that, the thing that, haunted me was when my grandmother passed away in 103 and I realized we hardly had any recordings of her I mean you know we had some videos here and there Mm -hmm. but but nothing where we just had her sitting down and telling the Mm -hmm. stories and um and so that's really something that if it's a if it's a legacy type thing, mm-hmm. I mean, I've done for a few people where we we record like what you guys are doing with podcasts. Mm-hmm. We record it almost like it's a podcast, mm-hmm. and that way you always have it. 
you have their voice, you have them telling the story too, mm-hmm. and then it can be transcribed into, mm-hmm. you know, a kind of a type of book, but mm-hmm. yeah, don't lose yeah. that. Don't I tell lose. you what, every time in our family, the oldest person in the family passes, I have these thoughts, these mm-hmm. thoughts about this yeah. every time. Yeah. And I think if, if we don't start recording this history, it's just all going to get lost. Yeah. I can I can remember a time when one of the girls had to do something for school. They had to record the oldest living person mm-hmm. in the family. Mm-hmm. And it was my husband's grandfather. Mm-hmm. And she interviewed him about being in one of the wars. And I can't even remember which one it was. And Ronnie and I went. And it was it was a burden for us. We we're like, oh, my God. I have to go <laughs> listen to Grandpa talk. But by the end of that interview, by, by, when she... We were all like this. We were just staring with our jaws dropped. Yeah. Going, wow. Yeah. yeah. That was really cool. We knew, we knew nothing of that yeah. kind of stuff and what he saw when he was overseas and yep. all the things. And it was, yeah, by that time we were all right focused right on yeah. Grandpa yeah. listening to what he had to say. And I wish we would have had that recorded. That was way back before iPhones, but... It would have been nice to be able to record that and have that yeah. now to listen back to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Well, we can do it now. <laughs> yeah. There's no excuses. No, no excuses. For sure. What else? What else would you like to, for, to share with our listeners about what you do? Um, I I think what you were saying is the version of and actually Jennifer, when you said about people having that thought of, you know, it's just not important enough or it's mm-hmm. just not, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, it's a pretty good story, but, but let someone else help be the judge of mm-hmm. that, you know, let someone else help walk. And we have a lot of great writers in our city. I mean, in, you know, in our area, we have a lot of, a lot of great resources because I'm definitely not the only person. And so I, and sometimes it doesn't fit, you know, you have to click with the person that you're Mm going to be working with. And I'm sure you found that writing your Mm -hmm. book. It's Mm -hmm. like, you've got to have a way to say you're going to feel comfortable really going into some of the meat of your story. And I mean, it's it's a relationship. You have to be yeah. willing to start building that relationship because you're working with that person anywhere yeah. from three months to 12 months and maybe even longer. Right. So you have to be able to communicate. They, You know, like for you, you have to be willing to really push them if you need to push them and they need yeah. to be willing to accept that. <laughs> I mean, yes. yeah, that's those fun. <laughs> that, those challenging moments where it's like, I need a few more details. <laughs> um, uh, you know, when I went into my book, um, one of the things my, that Michelle told me going straight out of the out of the thing, she said, we need more details, which was so funny because so many people critique me on the details. Mm-hmm. Just cut the details and get to the chase. So that's kind of how I started out writing. Mm-hmm. But when you go into writing, you, you're telling a story. They're reading it off the paper. Yeah. So you can't leave anything to the imagination. You literally have to get all of the details on the page. So that was one of the things that I kind of chuckled at when she yeah. said, we need more details. I was like, that's so funny. <laughs> yeah, it's not I a... want to share my details. <laughs> yeah, you're not writing a, um, a newspaper no, article. No, yeah, it's, it's not, not a recipe where it's, it's... a quarter of teaspoon and then you know, now it's... I had loved my I had a journalism teacher that he was so great um and he was like one of the main editors for Tulsa World and he would always say Kim I love your writing 
but you go way too much into detail. And it was, you know, it's like you, you bury the lead every time. Bury the lead. That's good. And, And I, and you know, something else I would say too, is if it doesn't matter what part of your work that you do, if you're listening to this podcast and you think, well, this doesn't apply to me because I'm not going to write a book. If you have a business, you need to have a story that goes with your business. Mm -hmm. I mean, I even think, you know, there's a group that I've worked with. um, It's a nonprofit that is working with guys that are in prison Mm -hmm. to come up with a prison entrepreneurship Mm -hmm. program. Oh, my word. Wow. And so they have to come up with a business that they would like to start when they come out of prison. And, you know, we realize not everybody's going to do that, blah, blah, blah. But I've worked with these guys on, so one of of the guys uh, has done in prison where they have dogs come in and they can train them and, rehome them. Mm-hmm. These are dogs that would have originally been um, euthanized. Mm-hmm. And so this guy has, he's gotten like one of the highest marks in the program, done really well. And so he said, I know what I want to do. I want to, you know, work with people with their dogs that they get like from kennels, but I don't know how to say it. And so we work together and, and part of his opening is, and this is this is when he's doing, you know, it's like an elevator pitch, so to speak. But when, when he's talking, he says, um, in fact, I wrote it down so I would remember some of it. Because I thought, if I don't have this, so he'll say, um, it's an exciting day. You've just brought home the newest member of your family. He weighs six pounds with golden hair, brown eyes. And now you've laid him down for a little nap in the living room. And you come back in in just a moment, and there's a wet spot on the carpet. Because this new member is not your son or daughter. He's your new puppy. The next day you wake up, and now your favorite pair of shoes is shredded. But anyway, he goes on to say, you know, and it's like, but I can help you with all of that. Because here at Blah Blah Blah, you know, dog training service. Yeah. And I even think about, you know, so if you have a business, have something to tell about mm-hmm. your business. Mm-hmm. I mean, you guys do a really great job of getting down to the, you know, the Business Bestie podcast idea is really about furnishing the listener with what they can take away in the moment of that they need for their companies. Right. and. Have something to say about your company, you know. I mean, Ram Truck just changed the whole um, method of advertising. It used to be Ram Built Tough, and mm-hmm. now it's Ram Built to Serve. And I thought, oh, I heard that the other day, and I went, somebody came up with a new plan yeah. to trans to really transport the person of from thinking, oh, I've got to be tough if I'm a pickup driver mm-hmm. to now. I'm using this to serve. To serve. Very interesting. So, doesn't have to. You're not. Don't have to write a book. Yeah. You don't have to. Yeah. You know, have a podcast, but you can have a one liner, and it can be that powerful. That's awesome in- information. So, so what you do as a ghostwriter is you help people write their story, and it can be a memoir. It can be about their business. It can be about their city. What else? I know there's more. Um, it can be about their legacy. Okay. Um, it can be, you know, their, yeah, their founder story. Um, 
anything that it can be a founder for a business, a founder for a nonprofit. Absolutely, I mean, you yeah. know, nonprofits always have a yeah have a reason. Oh yes, always have a reason. Especially if you think of you know your annual fundraisers coming mm-hmm. around, and you have to have something for your big event that you're mm-hmm. going to have to mm-hmm. put in people's hands. Mm-hmm. You know, um, sometimes even just writing up maybe a part of your story for something to, for people to take home so they don't forget, you know, they have that. Yeah, that's you good. Know. Anyway, that's yeah, good too. Like that. That's good too. Anything else you can think of that you would want to leave our, li- our listeners with? I think the biggest thing is just do not ever think that you don't have a story. Yeah. Everybody has a yeah, story. Yeah, that's a that is a lie that if you think that. Mm-hmm. And the the story about what God meant or what the devil meant for evil, God turns mm-hmm. to good. Yes. You know, that yes. you can look for the ways that your story was changed mm-hmm. and um altered for the better. And that can then help someone else get through their day, help right. someone else mm-hmm. be able to understand their future. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay, so if somebody wants to contact you. How do they do that? They can um, go to com, or they can email me at uh, Kim at YourStorySpeaks.com. Okay. Yeah, it's probably the easiest. Okay. Can you think of anything else? No, I just, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I think we covered a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Thank okay. you so much. Thank you so much for I joining us today. Thank you so it. much. And don't forget, what's the name of your podcast again? It is Your, your Story, Story Speaks. Speaks. Yes, yes. Go out there and take a listen to her podcast. Yes. And you do it with someone else, is that right? I do. Um, I <clears throat> So I have a couple of podcasts, business podcasts that okay. I work with. And then one is called Keeping It Real. Keeping It Real. That's yes. the one I was thinking of. Yes. yes. Yeah. Okay. All right. Thank you so much, Kim. Thank you. I appreciate this so much. We'll see you guys later. And this is Jennifer, and we hope that we've inspired you to find your business bestie if you haven't already.